There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. It's questions from the audience. It's from the Longo Big Studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, host, joined by Jackson Burkett. Host? Producer? A little Swiss Army knife. Kind of. A little Swiss Army knife, they call him. And uh, we're in the Longo Big Studios, also presented to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, also presented to you by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganast, and Ryan Seiberg, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com, and uh, Seth Goldcamp, a design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com. Jackson, uh, is everything firing now on all cylinders? Talk the audience through what's been going on because you're, you're madder than a hornet, and I've never seen anything <laughs> like it in my 25 years in the industry. No, not not mad. I uh, was frustrated there for a moment because our camera, this camera, and I'm pointing to it. Yeah. So for those listening podcast-wise, I'm pointing to Plowboy's camera on TMA, my camera for QFTA. For whatever reason, was frozen, so it was not showing me. And I was just going to do with Tim, the, the Tim shot, because it was working fine. Right. His was working fine. But I thought it would be kind of weird to have, like, a ghost voice. Mm. <clears throat> as opposed to just having both of us on. So I decided to reset our software that sends the camera shots to YouTube. And now we're back up and working just fine. Okay, fair enough. Eric Nickens says he's been worried. He was worried. Because I said 11.10, and then it's 11.37, and he's probably been sitting there for 27 minutes worrying that maybe one of us had passed. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know. A little bit later start than anticipated, but we're here and we're uh, better than ever. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to read this because it was on the TMA fan page in my thread on uh, QFTA today. And I like it. And I and I want audience participation on this one because I can't think of something off the top of my head, but I'm not saying that be, from a standpoint of not acknowledging it. I just can't think of it. So follow me on this if you would. Here is the question, Jackson. It's Eric uh, posting on the TMA fan page. Yeah. And I need you to examine yourself, and I need to examine myself, and I'm going to go to you first. All right. All right? Yep. So, uh, I, because I'm a gentleman and also because I'm going to use it to buy time. Right. Okay. Here you go. Here's the question. When is the last time you changed your opinion on a topic because another person pointed out a different perspective? For example, anytime I would see a hot female teacher get arrested for hooking up with a male high school student, I used to think, man, I wish I had teachers like that back in high school. Then a buddy pointed out to me how much damage that could do to the kid because one of his first experiences with a relationship ends up with his teacher in prison, which could really distort his view on what a healthy relationship should be. I definitely changed my opinion after considering that and now really find it troubling when a story like that pops out. Anything come to mind for you? I bet I have like 20. I know. It's like such a tough... Like God, I thought you would have something right away. I, I, I was actually time. thinking of something like this the other day, but I can't remember. Like, it's a tough spur because it's a great question, but like, I need some time to think on it because they're probably. I know there's stuff that I've changed my opinion on in recent years uh, that I definitely thought I knew at the time, and have heard differing opinions or perspectives on it, and has changed my opinion on it. It really sucks that I can't like just like give it to you right now because I'm really thinking hard. For people who have listened to the show for a long time, and I know a lot of people podcast this and don't have the opportunity during the day, especially middays when we usually are doing it, to watch or listen live, email me some examples. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm mad that you sent me. I don't, because I've got them. You got to own them when you do a show. Uh, that that comes with the territory where things you're wrong on, like a stand, not like I thought the Lions were going to win. Right, right, not right. that. Like a real opinion. Right. Uh, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N and InsideSTL.com. So this would certainly predate me doing the show, but it also kind of gives me, it, it in a way can speak to political discourse now 
which I think is going on and perhaps one of the biggest problems going on in American politics at the moment. And I look back on it and I think, I mean, now granted I was like eight, but still my mom was and is a big pro-life person. She worked for Birthright. I think this somehow has become a big part of Catholicism, I guess Christianity. I don't necessarily know how or why because that wasn't the way that it originally was the skeptic and of course that's not me that's Mm -hmm. you right but the skeptic in me would say it was a conscious political tactic used by a party realizing following Watergate that it needed to attach itself to 30 percent of the population to become relevant again that's the now that's the skeptic in me right I don't think that's the case right no no you're an optimist at heart thank you uh, and then uh, aligning itself with Jerry Falwell, who uh, has always been my inspiration. And I recall because of that, and because I didn't really know anything uh, as a young tyke, that whoever was pro-life when I was a kid was good, and then whoever was pro-choice was bad. And it was that binary. It was that simple. And it is how I viewed when I would watch election returns, again, in the 1980s, not knowing a damn thing. Uh, that is how I viewed. Oh, now I wonder why she's bad, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, Harriet Woods is a lady I recall running for U.S. Senate, and she was outspoken about women's rights and pro-choice. And in my mind, now it's not like my mom, my mom is the kindest, like the kindest, kindest, kindest person. Um so it's not like she was like, she's bad. It just, I, I, that's the, the person who's running against my team. Right. And therefore they are bad. Mm-hmm. Now I move ahead to 40, 40 years. And I think that is actually through the lens, many view political discussions and or people who are opponents of their party or their quote unquote team. One of the tough things that we have right now is that one party has attached itself to God, which is awesome. God hasn't commented yet, but that there's no room to negotiate or compromise because you can't compromise God's will. And so if you are self-appointedly the party of God, the party of Christianity, well, then how can you compromise that? And we have this new version of Christianity in the United States, which actually is different than the one that I studied throughout grade school, high school, and portions of my time at the University of Missouri in which I studied uh, religion, which is a fascinating course, by the way. So with that all said, that is something I look back on, but I think you can blame that on being a kid. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have one that like I have in the last year. Let me see. Um, Eric Nickens is in there. I thought virtual learning would be a huge advantage and soon changed my mind when I realized how much kids need to be around each other. That's from Eric Nickens, who is active in the YouTube chat this morning. So I'm looking for some. Yeah, uh, I know. What for, do you got? What do you got? You got one. Uh, not, not necessarily like an example of one, but a moment in my life where a lot of that started to change for me and I started hearing a lot more perspectives and looking at things differently. I think I've talked about this before, but I took a, a course in college called Intro to Peace Studies. And that sounds like one thing, but what it really was was Critical Thinking 101. It, it was a lecture class about 45 or about an hour long class twice or three times a week and we would just ask ourselves like why do we think this way like what is this thought that's like culturally accepted or mainstream ex- ex- uh, accepted right. and let's question ourselves like let's work on questioning and it was more of like thought exercises where you like question a lot of basic things but it helps hone in that s- skill really of critical thinking and so that class, I remember being very, very impactful on me because it started having me like, okay, I am really staunch on this position. Let me hear an opposite perspective and see if that changes my view on things. And probably 90% of the time it didn't, but there was that 10%, or at least it had that thought in my mind that like, while I think I am totally right on this, mm-hmm. there are people and plenty of people who probably don't, and let me hear their perspective. And then... If I still believe in the position I had beforehand, I know at least I did my due diligence in a way of kind of taking a self-inventory and learning more about the subject from both sides. Got it. You know, I think that was real. I I think in uh, the early part of my life, I know this is kind of like a bad example, 
But like, I, I wasn't that concerned by any means by like environmental issues. Like I was like, ah, who cares? Our grandparents, our grandkids or great grandkids will think about it. And in the past couple of years, I have certainly changed my tenor on that in a major way. I think it's an extremely pressing issue and something that I think gets swept under the rug because of what my former thinking was. Do you have any, uh, if you are in the YouTube chat, uh, or do you have any examples, if you are a longtime listener of uh, any and all of the shows where you say, hey, you used to say this, but now you say this, what changed? Uh, I'd be curious because I got to have some. I mean, I, I know that I act differently because I behave differently away from the studios. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things that in a way I'd like to like, I, I think once people present them, mm-hmm. because it's not like I'm saying I don't have them, I have to have them. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I mean, again, when I can think of sports opinions, I didn't like the Cardinals trading Colby Rasmus in July of 2011, but without that trade, they don't win the World Series. Right. Um, I wanted the Rams to draft Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. I'm th- these are sports ones. I'm trying to think of, like, significant. Right. Si- like. Because I'm sure I've got a lot of L's. But I feel like I've got more W's. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll poke people into prevent, <laughs> pr- providing the L's, uh, especially on this podcast. Um, but I, I, I know I have to have plenty. I just don't. Uh, I can't. They're not coming to mind. Uh, I always thought the American slash Western way of doing things was the best way, and always held that. I guess that means held that thought. However, when I went to the Middle East three times in Asia once, I changed my mind. We are different, but we are not better. That's from Don Peepee. Don Peepee, well-traveled. Who knew? Not yeah. us at the fly. Uh, I think looking at things from a world perspective as opposed to like a domestic country perspective in a lot of situations is really, really key. And I think once you do, it'll open your mind to a lot more acceptance of things that you once thought were either weird or wrong. So I love that from Don Peepee. You know, like we live in America. We also live on Earth. You know, and I feel like so many times we get tripped up by that, like yeah. how we're like, well, we don't do that here. It's like, well, they do it over there and it's normal. It's interesting. I think that I would I tend to get along better with people who are well traveled and yet I'm not well traveled. Mm-hmm. No, the the Is that right? Yeah, I'm not well traveled at all. And I, I definitely Jamaica's I, as far as you've been, yeah. which was a surprising revelation. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely lean more towards people who have a more world oriented. Uh, Why is view. that for it? OK, I got the same thing. Just because, and I'm not saying I don't get along with people who haven't. Right. I haven't. I'm just saying that I I don't know, I don't know what that's about. I wonder well, what that's about. Like yeah. I'm sure somebody could like who'd be like a therapist could listen and go, well, here's the reason, but I can't figure it out. Well, being like getting along better, I can't say one way or another. But I think well, that's we, who I would prefer to hang out with. Yeah, that I can't. That I can't explain. You know, like if you think God has consecrated the United States to, you know, carry out His will there's a good chance we're just not going to get along, right. you know? Right. I mean, we may get along, I guess I should say, but you're not going to want to hang out with me and I'm not going to want to hang out with not you. Not going to seek out those opportunities. Right. Like that. Yeah, I think, I think just from like a perspective, like just I, I would lean or give a little bit more credence to somebody who is well-traveled or at least views things from a worldview perspective as opposed to a very localized perspective, depending on the issue. If it's the St. Louis issue, I'm not going to look to somebody, you know, in a foreign country on it. But if it's a cultural question that's much more macro, uh, you know, some came up the other day. That was, you know, a big topic uh, on social media and in news, which is never a great start to an anecdote or discussion, but, like, guys wearing dresses. Like, that's a big thing that's being discussed. And if you look at it from an American perspective, yeah, it might be a little bit different or odd or not what we're used to. But when you look at it from a world perspective, it's not weird at all. I mean, traditional formal dress in Scotland is a kilt. You know, that's what we would call a skirt. Mm. Many Asian countries, tunics or things that look like dresses uh, are very Asian common Americans. wear. Um, yeah, Asian apologies. Thank you. But like that, that's a very common thing that people do. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you become, I think, more accepting of things. You might have a better understanding. And, hey, maybe you don't change your opinion on it, but at least you did your due diligence. Uh, so far, the comments in the YouTube chat are focused on your hair, Jackson. Okay. That's nice. And it's not fair to, to, to go, hey, I can't think anything, but now I'll put the onus on you and the audience to come up with mm-hmm. But I, I'm really curious because, I mean, when you do three hours of radio minimum, now four hours, or I guess now five, six, seven hours <laughs> a day podcasting, uh, 
you have to have a variety of things where it used to be like a passionate thing. And then you, as time goes on or new information presents itself, you aren't passionate about it. And especially with being how I am, then I have to have those, but I can't on the top of my, off the top of my head, think of them. Yeah. And I really like the question and I really want to, I really want to dig in. I don't know. I, Fantastic like, it, question. It is. It's a great question. I guess it'd be better served if I could, all it'll take is one person going, remember when you used to say that? And probably somebody's going to say something that I said, and then I'll be like, well, that's, that, I understand what you're saying, but that's not, that's what I think it's going to be. But I don't know. I mean, there's got to be stuff. I don't know. Downtown St. Louis. But again, there's kind of new information on that. I was a huge proponent of downtown St. Louis. And I'm not, not to say that I'm not a proponent. I suppose I am looking at it more through the lens of, I just don't think, it's, it's like, I don't know, if you own stock in Amtrak, I guess, I wouldn't pile more money in from my portfolio to invest in. It's kind of like, I just think it's kind of, it had its time. It isn't as relevant now. And I don't think it's necessarily as important to the success of the region as I did at one time. I also don't think it is going to happen, at least with the current structure of the makeup of the population of St. Louis. So I want to include the disclaimer that if the population's makeup would change, and by that I mean get younger and get more people who are not from St. Louis living here, then I could see it experiencing a resurgence. Essentially, it requires young money and young single people, uh, professionals, I think, yeah. in order for it to experience a resurgence. Um, but otherwise, I don't think it's like necessary that ballparks and arenas are in downtowns, and I don't think that downtowns are necessary to have a thriving r metropolitan area. That's something I was really passionate about when I started out and doing not TMA per se, but doing the shows that I did when I was early in my career. Uh, let's see what else we got. Do you think wearing hats leads to hair loss or is this a myth? Nice. I would say that's a myth. Um, comparing wearing a kilt to men like Harry Styles wearing an actual woman's dress is like comparing apples and oranges. Wedding tackle. Somehow you engage wedding tackle with that comment. Uh, I just, I wholeheartedly disagree. Okay. I think it's all self-expression. Jackson's about to do battle, battle with wedding tackle. Not even do battle. I mean, I, I would like to come at this from a, from a civil, good-hearted nature of a discussion because I think it's an interesting discussion. I think it's just self-expression, just as we don't, you know, I mean, I guess some do, but younger people probably more so don't vilify tattoos uh, like they once did. That's just another form of self-expression, self jewelry, the type of clothes you wear. It's all self-expression. If someone chooses to express themselves in a different way than what is culturally accepted in America, I don't think that's odd at all. I think that's just how they choose to express themselves. Um, I don't think your sexual orientation has anything to do with the kind of clothes you wear. Like... I'm straight now, but I put on this dress and now I turn gay. That's from a biological standpoint is impossible <laughs> and asinine in my opinion. So like, are there those who believe that? No, but there's like, that is like, it's like, so what's weird about Harry Styles wearing a dress? Like finish that thought. What would people say? Like it would lead people to think that your sexual orientation is different, but that's such a, to me, an archaic way of thinking. And I think viewing it through a worldview where people in Scotland wear stuff like that, people in Asia wear different kinds of clothing that might be seen in America's address, and it's no big deal. It's not. It's accepted there. Right. So, like, why is it different here? Just because, again, like, I think we're looking at it through too narrow of a lens. Uh, Wedding Tackle also says, no, no, no battle here. Civil conversation. Yeah, totally. Uh, would Harry wear a dress if he wasn't famous? Jackson, do you know any men who wear or have worn dresses? That's Wedding Tackle. I do. I have. It wasn't for like, they weren't like going out and just like doing stuff, but I, I, I know that. And being famous, yeah. I mean, your self-expression might become more focused. It might become more discussed, therefore it leads to more of it because of the fame. There's no doubt. But we wouldn't be talking about it if, you know, PD Public went to work and address because we don't know PD Public, you know, like, but we know Harry Styles, so it's talked about. Uh, yeah, I love the question. I guess it's one that I want to circle back on because somebody is going to email me and, and present something when we're not live. Mm -hmm. and yeah. They're, they're going back and they podcast, uh, 
that's the lovely part of, of daily QFTA is we can kind of sit on this and, and let it marinate and give maybe a better answer tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, we had the erotic story on Friday with a gentleman who we weren't sure if he was bicking his asshole. Mm-hmm, right. Well, he followed up <laughs> and he said, ha ha, my bad, listening to it back. I may have gotten into too much detail. The shaving started because she shaved everything and I enjoyed not going through hair when I was down there. So I just started returning the favor and I noticed she stayed down there longer and seemed to be more into it. I also don't think there's a lot of males shaving. As much as I have shaved, I never cut the backside and I use Gillette triple razors. Nice. Well, I breathe. Um, all right. Oh, hey, Eddie. listen. I mean, all I can do is tip my cap. Yeah, doff it. I am doffing, but wow. And is. I think Ken Strode brought up on TMA when I made reference to this today, this anecdote from uh, Erotic Story Fridays here on the Tim McKernan Show. He said, how do you even see? I, I don't know if you can. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be all feel at that point. Yeah, it is. It's like around the greens. Right, right, right. You put a blindfold on and just tell me how far the pin is, and, you know, my stroke shouldn't change. Yeah, that is true. I wonder how I'd do with that. I wonder it would be It'd be good. tough because you lose a lot of equilibrium if you can't uh, see. That's such a key part, you know, one centimeter of difference between chip shots can be the world of difference uh all right i i love the question i do too that's a really good one but i have to leave for a lunch i don't even know if it's a lunch am i treated as a lunch at one o'clock it's eleven fifty-six right now so our out time is twelve forty. perfect i like this question i wasn't planning on using it here i thought we would go deep with eric's question and it was good i just didn't have anything I almost don't want to pivot off of it yet, but I just don't have anything. And I like this question kind of for a lead in a different episode. And so I'm kind of producing on the fly here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, I feel like I'm such a different person than I was 15 years ago that it's strange to me that a lot of my principles remain the same, but my behavior is different. Mm. I was against... Now, I guess I still, to an extent, am, but I remember, and this is obviously a social media thing, but I remember saying to Sarah Bruce, who uh, who's a friend of the show and used to do the one to three show with producer Joe and the late, great Jennings Randolph Jr., I don't know why the hell I let it bother me, but this shows how different I was. I didn't meet her until 2010, so this is 2010. God, why do people always posting pictures of their kids on social media? Like, who the fuck cares? And then you have a kid, and then you don't necessarily know why, but you start posting pictures of your kids on social media. I have no idea why the fuck you do. I don't have an answer to the reason why. I just know you do. And so therefore I would hold that. It's not necessarily the hottest of takes, Mm -hmm. but it is something that I noticed. And then I've acknowledged to Sarah, I go, all right, fuck me. I was an asshole. So I was wrong on that one. Um, and I, and and I know you don't have children, so you can't speak to it yet, but, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten off of uh, being active on social media. I woke up this morning and my wife posted pictures of our uh, birthday party from her account, our two-year-old's birthday party, which was yesterday, from her account. I'm like, oh, shit, what is this? You know, like, right. um, but she's like, I just, I, I know that, you know, there are people out there that it's, a, you know, but she goes, I just like it as an archive for our family. That's what I like it for. I'm not trying to, like, you know, do the brag thing. I mean, we were at the magic house. It's not really like we were, you know, in the south of France. So I, I don't have know. many of my young birthdays at the magic house. Oh, is that right? Met, well, well, yeah. Grew up right there in Webster. So very close. Had a lot at magic house and YMCA there. Yeah. Ton. Of the Kirkwood YMCA? Yep. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Uh, Eric Nickens says, I'm about to have my first child in September and we've already talked about not posting anything ever. People are insane. Yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if like you were in a, a, like a totally private citizen and maybe Eric Nickens is, you know, Martin Kilcoin for sure. all I know. Could be. You never know. Uh, my, my stuff about not posting is more about like the weird stuff that is a, you know, like D list local celebrity that's popped up with a handful. I mean, I'm talking about a handful, not even a handful, like a couple of fingers. Um, pincerful. Pincerful, thank you, Yeah. of things when it comes to the children. It's kind of like uh, in Peaky Blinders where they talked about, like, coming out. Well, they did. They came after the—, the and I'm like, 
watched that and I had a problem with that. Even though I've watched all kinds of like family business crime sure. films and shows over the years. And I always felt like that was kind of understood. You never go into the children or the wives for that matter, but especially the children. And I had a problem with that, Jackson. Might be a Cosa Nostra thing. You know, while it's all mob, there's difference between the Italian mafia, some of the practices that go on and other kinds of organized crime. And so maybe they don't hold that as, as sacred yeah. in, uh, you know, the UK. I don't know, though. But, but there was that scene between Killian Murphy and uh, Alfie Solomons. Who am I thinking? Was it Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, in which he goes, you differentiate somehow as if because I brought your family into it, that that's like as if you have some kind of moral compass. I'm paraphrasing the, right. the interaction. Right. And he made it, he made some good points in that monologue. Totally does. Like you're like, your moral compass is so skewed to the normal human, but this is where you draw the line kind of thing. Yeah. First, Tom Hardy is world-class as Alfie Solomons. He is. World-class. Like... Anytime he's on the screen, magnetic. Uh, let's see. Um, there's no such thing as the mafia bee. That's from Manchild79. I changed my mind on addiction. I used to think people uh, know the consequences of doing the drug or that drug, but when I battled alcoholism after nearly killing myself during COVID, I did a 360. Holy shit. Mm. Wow, that's Don Peepee. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. I mean, how that... would I know? I don't know who Don Peepee is. But... Um, Wow. Yeah. Having you or one of your loved ones or someone you hold dearly battle with addiction will really, like, underscore the disease it actually is as opposed to some ways of thinking of, like, oh, you know what you're getting It's dumb into. or it's lazy right. or where's your self-control. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, once you see it firsthand, whether it's you or someone you hold dearly, it will that will change your mind on it in a major way. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me go to this one. God. I feel like this is, I don't know, Jackson. I kind of have a meta answer to oh, what do we have? the question. Uh, I used to, like, not hammer on, but, like, point out people, most of the time, people who gave opinions for a living, whether it be a politician, someone in the media, for, like, flip-flopping on things. But as I grew older, you kind of want people to, because if if it's, like, an ongoing situation and more details or more information comes out, and like you're like, nope, I already gave this opinion. And oh, not yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. I value either I don't know or I was wrong right. so much more yeah. than I used to. I mean, really, I don't know is what I hold in the highest of regard. Why? Because I know the person. I don't know. I suppose you can say it if you're trying to be evasive and you do know. Right. But do you have some context around it? Right. Where you're asked a question, an opinion on something, I don't know. As opposed to, like, like I said yesterday, I know this was on Balloon Party, but... Like the Dan Campbell thing, I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I wanted the Lions to win. I mean, again, I'm not, like, devastated by sure. it. I've already moved past it. But <laughs> um, just, like, I'm like, oh, shit. I hate when the dumbs get red meat. Yeah. You know, and right. it's going to be a big moment for the dumbs. Because, you know, what I what I call the dumb. I mean, it's it's not necessarily fair because I know these people aren't necessarily dumb. Some are just playing a character. Um, but... Uh, Results oriented. Oh, okay. You know, you're going to pontificate and then also not know some of the context with regard to how the Lions have gotten to where they've gotten and also the fact that their kicker's kind of shitty. But you know, that, that, that kind of. It goes, uh, it's something I talked, you and I talked about, I believe, in the Balloon Party break, and it's my favorite movie quote of 2023. It's Matt Damon in the film Air saying, I can't stand people who do no work and do no research but think they deserve a seat at the table. And I, what what movie is that from? Air. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And the pisser with uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. He says, "I hate people who do no work and do no research and think they deserve a seat at the table." God. And I think that's a very powerful, poignant, uh, of course, written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah. A great great line yeah. that, that works in so many different. Scenarios. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. I uh, yeah, that was that was a movie that I went into kind of going eh. I guess I'll watch it, and then by the end of it, maybe I'll watch it again here. It's on Amazon next Prime. Day or two. I, I just I really enjoyed that, and was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it. So did my wife. It's a fascinating so it story. And well acted, round the board. Yeah. Uh, really Icky great. Peter says, "I don't know, and I was wrong or hard to say. I feel like they're harder to say now because there is essentially, if you are active on social media, an archive of where right. you feel like you got to double down. Yeah. And almost." I don't know if it's almost, 
my inclination is, and maybe I'm wrong, is doubling down and tripling down and never acknowledging being wrong are rewarded. I recall I had somebody who certainly people loved, or, or they, he gets a reaction, so good for him. Uh, again, I think he's playing a character, Clay Travis. I had him in for um, my podcast. I think he might have been the second guest, actually, on, mm. on this podcast. It was Gary Pinkle, and then I think Clay, and Clay was in studio. And he said something, and I recall him saying it, and then I recall being like, did he really say that? Or did Artie tell a story of him really saying that? And that's Howard Stern and Clay. And I get the sense that both Clay and I were influenced by Howard Stern, but we've obviously taken different roads. But he told the story, I think, of Artie Lang telling a story of Howard Stern, telling him for the radio show, never admit you're wrong, always double down, triple down, never admit you're wrong. It doesn't seem like that. And, and that's the thing. And then I'm like, okay, if that is true, that would really disappoint me. Now, why would it disappoint me? I, because I consider myself influenced by him. Not to say that I think he's infallible. Yeah, but you we know, referenced that part in private parts where he well, does I know, exactly. But I, mean, that, I mean, I know it's a movie, but I mean, he was... Yeah. I mean, he so I don't know, but I, feel, but I feel like Artie may have said that, not necessarily to me privately, but perhaps when we were doing one of our shows, mm -hmm. not that we've done a bunch of shows, but he's been on this show a couple of times, and I did that show in New York with him 10 years ago. Um, and it's possible, because that really, that, that was like a TMA kind of show, that three-hour show that was on DirecTV, I guess, and it was a podcast or a radio show. I guess it was on radio, it was on Sirius mm -hmm. as well. So I, fe I felt like when Clay said that, it's not the first time I had heard it. Okay. But I felt like Clay was in a way kind of revealing one of his secret sauces. Like I always cringe when somebody I know slash respect sends me an outkick link. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. They're always in all caps. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you know, what happened at the Royal Rumble? Yeah. You know, that's how I that's still how still talking I, about the Vanderbilt kicker. <laughs> that's that's how I that's how I that's the lens through which I view it. I'm like, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, right. The Rock could work the microphone, you know, <laughs> exactly made him one right, of the man. wealthiest men in the game, you know. But if you're using that as a real example of how, you know. Yeah, I think that there comes a point and kind of to the question that I was asked is in, in the same vein of what you're talking about is like recognizing people like that who are, you know, they have a, a blueprint to what they're doing in terms of their opinions and not giving it credence or not even engaging in it is like so so much healthier than like as opposed to maybe 10 years ago when like someone would tweet or do something really dumb for the sake of doing something really dumb mm -hmm. and people would engage in it i feel like to an extent there is like a recognition uh a realization that a lot of that is theater and while you think I, people are aware of media theater i think they are but I, I and i say that but i still think i mean contracts alone and who is on the air would tell you otherwise that there is like a falling out from that yeah. when there clearly isn't. Oh. But I do think there is more of a cultural recognition that a lot of that is BS. I don't know on that. I mean, I suppose there may be more than there was, but I don't know. I don't, like Manchild79 I see in the YouTube chat. Um, let's see. Yeah, what percentage of the national sports media are quote-unquote playing characters? I don't know because I don't know what we would count as, and then I don't see everything or right. listen to everything in fairness. But if you start naming names, I would immediately <laughs> go playing a character or not. Yeah, right. And I think the thing is, I might be like playing a character on 80% of the ones that you would name. So mm -hmm. to give you a percentage, that would be my, like, do I think Scott Van Pelt is playing a character? No. Do I think Stephen A. Smith is playing a character? Yes. Do I think Chris Russo is embellishing, exaggerating, I guess, not embellishing his real personality? Uh, yes, I do. I don't think Francesa was playing a character. No, not at all. Um, you know, I don't know if he would be considered national. He certainly made national money, but he was in New York City doing four and a half hours, five and a half hours. Uh, people ask about this Iggy thing with the playing a character, and then I'm like, I just don't think he is. I don't think he is. I just, I don't, and that, 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 I see that 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 pops up. It's one of the first times well, I wasn't asked. Well, so yeah, somebody did. I don't know, it was directed 
directly to me or not, but it's in the YouTube chat. Is Iggy a character? No. He's just not. Because if that were going on, I would privately say, hey, man, that's just not, the show isn't like... Bits and sketches. Yeah, it's just, it's, if anything, it's it's almost like a daily show. It's a very subtle daily show of mocking yeah. the, the, the take shit. But the right. take shit's kind of relatively new. The show is older than the take shit that was going on. Right, right. or the recognition of the take shit. Right. I think people have been giving it Like Doug screaming, like me and Doug going, okay, we can go make $10 million a piece at FS1. FS1 Let's start screaming, yeah. and then he's... It's a great era of the show. <laughs> Starts screaming. About I'll play it. on the skeleton once in a while. Oh my cr- god! Cracks me up, unlike anything else. But talk about that. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I look at Skip Bayless. What did he do after the Cowboys lost to the Packers? He like lights something on fire. Yeah, he kept trying to throw his uh, Cowboys gear in the trash, but he had a smart trash can that kept closing automatically, and he was really fighting them. And, and his wife's like, like taking the video. Of I it. Keep, I, I just keep going <laughs> back to like there's a part of me that's like. I don't even know. Something I read today, and I don't even know if it was on the air. It might have just been during a break, or I don't even know when I would have done it, but it, was, it wasn't when I was at home. And I'm like, God, there's a part of me that, like, I know if I'm going to keep doing this, like, I have to, I, quote, unquote, have to be on social media. But I just, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to, I don't, I, I'd feel like it's so disingenuous. Right, I heard you saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think also... And then I don't want to, like, like just like this morning when I woke up and I saw Anna Marie Benassi McKernan has a, you know, video tagged to you in her photos, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, you, there's an understanding. If anything's going to be posted, we both, like, get that we, we have a sign-off. Like a key when you yeah. fire off the nukes. And I'm like, what is this, yeah. you know? Both got to turn the key. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's your, just your page. Right. Doesn't have to be, even though she's got some good ones who, you know, she approved as, you know, 15 years ago. That have turned. Yeah, that's a great way to describe <laughs> it. Uh, so I'm just like, ah. But, it's, you know, at this point in my life, I don't, it, it would either be children or shit that people would take as being a brag. Even though it's just, you know, I play golf. You know, I played golf when I didn't, ha- and it's not like I'm like some multi multi millionaire now. You know, I, but I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm not chasing ass right now. And if I were, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, here's me cheating on my wife." That'd be a hell of a strategy. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know if you get two two party approval on that one. So, yeah, it'd be, God bless. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I, this really happened, and I really it's not going to resonate at all with you. It would with Doug, hundred percent. There's no way the Plowhaw could recognize him. Maybe Iggy would. I I'm dead. So rarely do I remember. I, we talked about it last week on the show. When you're in the midst of a sexual dream, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like you realize it, but you wake up and you're yeah. like, "What the fuck was that?" Or I want to go back to yeah, it. Put me back in there. This happened. This was the. This is what I woke up to today. Big time REM sleep day. Okay. If if we didn't have the hard out for my uh, yeah. my one o'clock, we, you could be in. But this happened. Maybe the, and this could wind up being the title. I have no idea how this and this this name emerging. I could give you a list. You might if I gave you a thousand, but maybe five hundred cardinals. And I don't think you would arrive at this one. Even though this guy played, I'm looking him up. Shit, in the 2000s. Okay. Last played with the Cardinals in 1998. I have no idea how this ran through my subconscious to become a dream that I remembered. And it was, like, really happening. And I was having to, like, reason out how I want to handle it. Shakira. Yeah. Queen. I mean, I assume... If Shakira got on top of me, <laughs> I, I if I could like it'd be like it'd be like a rodeo. I'd be like, let me see if I can go eight seconds because right. just with the you know what yeah. I time. mean. Yeah, I mean, create another GIF. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Shakira wanted to engage in lesbianism with my wife. As you can imagine, I'm in a good place with that. I just imagine you sleeping with the largest of shitty. Oh my god! Just in a great place, but for whatever reason, former Cardinal pitcher Mark Petkaisic was in on the first time the I ever heard that name. In my life. Right. He pitched for the organization in '98. What then went over to the Angels in '99. Might have spent some time with Edmonds, as a matter of fact, at the Angels in '99. To spell his name, Mark Petkaisic. He's now 58, okay. but he's with Shakira apparently. And they want to sleep with my wife. 
why he had to get involved to ruin the dream. Like, we could have just kept that part out of it, and then eventually, somehow, I could have gotten to Anna Marie and Shakira tribbing, and I would have woken up, and I would have done the greatest TMA in the show's history today. But instead, what I'm thinking about is, God, I really want Shakira and Anna Marie to engage in sapphic play, but this fucking Pitkaisik's involved. I'm, this is... So much to unpack here. What in the hell? So much to unpack. I mean, at 5.15, that's what's going through my brain this morning. Yeah. I mean, Mark Pitkaisik. Part of that could be, you, you know, you, you desperately, deep in your subconscious, really want the Cardinals to bolster up the starting rotation or the bullpen this year. Uh, a question I have, has, is your wife aware of the stream you had, or is no. this the first she's hearing And I don't think it? she's a big QFTA live streamer. All right, gotcha. That's, <laughs> be, if she is on the off chance, this would be lovely. See, I mean, this is the thing that, like, and it'll have to be without the boys around, not because it matters for what I'm going to say, but because her mindset when we have a six-year-old and now a two-year-old running around and acting batshit for me to go, hey, I know you're dealing with one or both of them acting batshit, but I got to tell you about my threesome dream <laughs> with a former Cardinal starter slash reliever and, of course, Shakira. Yeah. And she go, I can just, I can just already picture it. It wouldn't be a conversation. That's what it would be. Right. But I would like to. The problem is by, like, 9 o'clock, I've already snorted so many pills. Yeah, yeah. And we're either watching Peaky Blinders or The Office. And if I were to go, hey, and she, you know. It wouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's hot. It's it's a it's a damn near sixty year old guy. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out like how I even like how was he even on my mind? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's somewhere deep in your subconscious. He was in your mind. God. And he made the. There are no accidents. He won eleven games for the Cardinals in '96. Weren't very remarkable teams back then, if I'm not mistaken. That team was right? a win away from playing the Yankees in the World Series. Very surprisingly, when you look at the roster, considering Mark Petkaisik apparently led the team in wins. With uh, 11? I guess so. The 11 wins he had for St. Louis were a career high, not a team high. Career okay. high. Got it. I don't know. I don't know where he came from. But either way, he fucked up the whole dream. I can tell you that. No doubt. Can you imagine <laughs> if it were just Shakira? Uh-huh. And even if it's not real. Okay. And, I'm, and for whatever reason, it's the blonde... Uh, Iteration? God. Yeah, like the one, uh, what the fuck was her first song? It wasn't Hips Don't Lie. She talked about her breasts being small in the song. I always thought that was interesting lyrics. Mm, mm, well, my honesty and media. Are ma- yeah, indeed. My breasts are small and humble, so you would confuse them with mountains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever, wherever, that was the song. Okay. That's Shakira. That's the one. Mm-hmm. But then Pet Kaisik's involved. Yeah, that's a real tough one. That's a tough beat. So the the th- I was being put to the test. It's like you can have the, they don't they don't want you. The Pekaisics don't want you over right. Shakira Pekaisik and Mark. <laughs> they don't want Pekaisic. you over, but they want they want me. And so I'm in this mindset of boy, I really want you to hook up with Shakira, but this fucking Mark Pekaisik. <laughs> I I don't know if I can give my blessing. But then if I say no, then you don't hook up with Shakira. That's what the dream was. That's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to unpack that. It would be really wild if uh, if Shakira all of a sudden was like, here's my new boyfriend, Mark Pekaisik. <laughs> uh, he used to pay a cup of car- coffee with the, <laughs> the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, when? Like uh, the 2021 club, 2022? No, no, no. 96 team. Ooh. You know, Dimitri Young. Yeah, she was married to... She was uh, married to a soccer player. Yeah, well, Gerard Piquet? Gerard Piquet. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. And now she's bouncing back with Mark Pitkaisik. So that she goes be, professional yeah. athlete, professional athlete. Yeah, uh, you know, PK a little bit more prolific, probably. Again, we're going to look at this from the worldview. Pitkaisik, <laughs> hyper-localized, obviously be a bigger star. PK, um, I th- probably won a World Cup with Spain at one point. I don't even know if he's Spanish. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I think that's offensive. I'd like an apology. I think he is, but I could be wrong. We're going to find out here in one moment. Uh, Eric Nickens says, and just to note, if Tim is even remotely comparing me to my boy Marty Kilcoin, my ear is already made. Marty Kilcoin, sick, for the record. No doubt. Uh, Jackson's doing the bop, 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 buying time sound for those of you. She has a a very deep, uh, very deep Wikipedia. There's a lot here. You're off mic right now, just just from an audio perspective. Any, uh, Any talks of any lesbianism? PK is Spanish. There you go. Apology no longer necessary. Yes. All right. 
prefer you say Latin American, though. Right. Well, uh, the problem is he... Doesn't matter. Right. Oh, I'm older than Shakira. I thought she was older than me. She's uh, I got her by five months. And he did win the World Cup in 2010. Hell yeah. God. I was in such a good place with the dream. And then all of a sudden, Mark Petkaisic. What the fuck is this? It would be like more normal if it was like Sonny Gray like showed up because he'd probably mm. be more on the top of your mind. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, where in my subconscious have I even been thinking about Mark Petkaisic like in the last 25 years? He pitched for the Cardinals in 98. Do you, do you think you've said his name no, since the turn I have of the century? No idea how that arrived. And I was, listen, it could have been any guy, and I'm not happy about it. Right. Well, but then I'm like, it's Mark Petkaisic. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really weird. <laughs> but it's also like just layers and layers deep in your subconscious. Because when was the last time you thought about Shakira? I don't think about her too often now right. either. Right, probably. But I mean, I certainly more recently than Mark Pitkaisik. Yeah, I would think that that would be the case. Uh, Eric Dickens says I'd be in shambles if my if Royce Clayton knocked my girl up in my dreams. Royce Clayton, star of Moneyball. Was he? He was in Moneyball. No. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bang, Mary, kill, Tim, Shakira, Jackson, LOL. That's from Don PP. Yeah, LOL. Um. <laughs> One of us is getting whacked. Yeah. Uh, Icky Peter says, so Iggy really thinks that being an entry-level radio gigs for 30 years and being fired from any of them are worth a Hall of Fame bid. That's from Icky Peter. Well, I don't know what Hall of Fame, what is he talking about? The Missouri Hall of Fame? Is that the one that he gets upset about? The Missouri Sports Hall of Fame is okay. certainly drawing his ire once or twice. Right. Yes, yes. But but I don't think it's because he, Iggy Peter, necessarily thinks, and I can't speak for Iggy, but you're asking me, and since this is Iggy playing a uh, character thing is the topic, I don't think he necessarily deep down thinks his career is, but then he looks at who gets into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame and he goes, well, if they're in, then how come I wouldn't be in? That's what I think it's about. Right. And he's also gotten a taste of the uh, Hall of Fame admissions between Brentwood and the That's right. and the Bowling Hall of Fame. So I don't believe like, I'm in any Halls of Fame. I don't believe I am. Hmm. And it's fine because I don't want to have to go. <laughs> I'm telling you. Went to this event. Well, I think I, I did talk about it on TMA a couple weeks ago at the MAC. And maybe I told the story. Maybe I didn't. I apologize if it's redundant. It couldn't be too redundant because it was only a couple weeks ago. And we were sitting there and Randy Carricker was emceeing it. And Tom Ackerman was there. And one of the people at the table, well, John Kowski was one of the people at the table, but one of the people at the table had sold the advertising in St. Louis for a long time and said, oh, I bet you get, but you've hosted just as many banquets as Randy. Because I said to Randy, I said, I bet you've hosted a thousand of these things. And I go, oh, God, no. I said, maybe like four. Yeah. And I can't tell you. You're a guy, beware. You could be hosting, you're a banquet hoster. <laughs> you're a banquet hoster. I'd be fine with you, Yeah. I don't want to do it. Right. And now, if I could go up and talk like this, right? Oh, I'll host. I'll host every banquet in town. Right. But I know that that isn't the way that it is. Yeah. I remember I hosted something at St. Louis U High, and I'm like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. But it was like a trivia night, yeah. and so it was a bunch of people who just were there to play sports trivia, and weren't necessarily not that St. Louis U High people. You know, we're on the same. You know, we're brilliant, so we all can speak in codes. But I just thought, oh, I can be myself at my alma mater. And then I, like, you know, say a couple things, and it's like, I'm looking at these guys, and they're like, let's get to the questions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it reminded you, know? you of why you're not into oh, this. Oh, God. And that was, like, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if there is a banquet in St. Louis, it's Randy Carricker, Tom Ackerman. Yeah. Maybe Frank Cusimano, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Doug is kind of in the banquet uh, host. Oh, he's yeah, Doug is way below those guys. And I'm sure Doug privately and maybe publicly would say he's just fine with that. Oh, yeah. Doug will do him. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's Ack I think it's probably Ackerman and Randy, like, yeah, neck and neck. I was more suited for the Jack Buck era of hosting banquets where I think you could, you know, say more. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff now, where I got to act like everything's great, <laughs> you know, that isn't for me. Right. So maybe, if you want me to host your banquet, you know, let me know if I can. Yeah. Where I can go. Speak freely. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what topics are okay and what aren't? Right. Uh, let's see what we got. Have the YouTube's up on the big screen, and I asked my wife which one she wanted to bang out, and she said neither, and I'm heartbroken. That's from Stephen. Is it Stephen Kicker? 
Hmm. Stephen Kicker? Yeah, it's kind of like the discussion we had earlier about just saying, I don't know. You know, sometimes the answer isn't uh, one or the other. It can be a third option. Eric Nickens says, I'd have to marry Tim, and then the other two can fight over dying in a night they'll never forget. So that's a tough spot. Uh, so you're either going to sleep with Eric or you're going to die. That's oh, up boy. to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, put the man to the test. Yeah. Um, all right. Now at this point, now I don't want to go into this question. I love, I, let me tell you something, Eric, uh, who posted the question on the TMA fan page. I thought it was a great, great question. And I think I'll revisit it when somebody emails me and somebody will on something that they'll say, you used to say this, but now you say this. And I'm not trying to dodge it because I know that's the thing. I know I have to have a bunch of them, but I just don't know what the hell it would be. I don't know. Do you have anything? I mean, you've listened to the show before you were on it. Oh, from like that you said? I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's definitely one that like is, is, is much better suited to like marinate to give like a full yeah. answer. Cause like doing it out of the spot, like how, yeah, I think you actually have to think about like certain stances you've had. I think I was real mean. I mean, this isn't like necessarily, it wasn't necessarily mean. I mean, I think so to an ex extent, specific people, but it was more general. And I look back on that and I go, oh, that was good. Again, this is, this is me. This isn't necessarily a stance because yeah. he's asking for something, that, an opinion you held or a principle you held and then somebody told you something. This is more of a self-realization thing. Like I would never like in general, like talk about, and you know, an area or a, you know, like, right. uh, you know, like, you know, like I may personally not want to live certain places. Yeah. I don't want to live certain <laughs> places actually. So it's not a may. Um, but it's also just, it's just shitty. It's, it's, it's like, 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 I mean, it's, it's a default example, but, uh, well, I would say right now, Chappelle with like the trans community, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like you're above it. But Bill Maher with the fat jokes on Chris Christie, not because I'm like a big Chris Christie guy, but because, just like both Bill Maher and Dave Chappelle are brilliant yeah. and they're just like, I'm not like, I'm mad that you're making fun of trans people or I'm mad that you're making fun of fat people. But it's like, you're too good to go down that road. That's, right. that's what I'm trying to say. I hope I'm communicating that properly. Right. And especially on the Chappelle thing, like at this point, because it's been like so many consecutive specials dedicated or at least dedicated in part to that topic, it's almost like you're doing it for the reaction, which is not a thing I ever attribute Chappelle with, you know. Yeah. I attribute him being on the forefront. Did you go to that comedy? It was about uh -oh. a year ago, actually. No, the Kevin Chris Rock. Yeah. No, I did not. Um, yeah, that was so, because, I mean, he left his house, like, at nine and flew to, <laughs> I mean, what a fucking disaster that was. Holy shit. What would have happened? I am telling you. What would have happened if, because there's a curfew on the Enterprise right, Center. Right, If he shows up five minutes later and they say. Yeah, you can't, sorry, he's not coming up. All hell would have broken loose. I'm telling you, all hell would have broken loose. Yeah. Holy shit, all hell would have broken loose. It was already brutal because you had, they had your phone, which is fine. I understand that, but you had to get your phones and it's freezing and holy shit. And it was close. But yeah, he did some of the material. I guess that he's, I haven't watched his new special on Netflix. Have you watched it? No. Uh, that I guess were some of the like, you know, disabled, I guess making fun of disabled. But hey, whatever. I, I'm not like, I'm offended. It's not that. I'm just like, yeah, that's like watching Tiger Woods go out and hit like a two foot putt. I'd yeah. like I would rather see a, right, you know, right. stick a two hundred and thirty yard, you know, seven iron or eight iron or six iron, whatever the fuck he's hitting, you know, as opposed like you're just you're better than that. That's yeah. that's how I view it. It's not through the lens of being offended, but I look back on that, and I go, oh, that's that's kind of, and I guess it's different. Like now we still I will make fun of like the. Like the the St. Louis Society, which I use with such a, I feel like that's fine because they're actually like doing okay, even though it's like not something I would want to be around. Right. But like this is making fun of like people who may not have right. money or people. Yeah. And, right. and 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 then I'm, I look back on that and, and, and you know I don't know. Again, I mean I'm really like I'm I'm digging for shit to like really like self evaluate. But I look and again I remember. There was a guy, Martin did a great impression of this guy, but he was totally off air. So it was really only for me, producer Joe and the cat. Uh, but this guy was really a good program director, too. He was the program director. I wonder what he's doing now. I know you wouldn't know him, but uh, uh, he was really good. I guess he was the program. Yeah, he's still a program director. God bless. Um, 
he would come and he'd talk really fast and have topics and rattle them off. And then Monty had kind of a raspy voice and Martin would, <laughs> would rattle off the top. You know, the Cardinals, I mean, what are they going to do with the pitching? They haven't talked about the pitching yet. What are they going to do? I mean, it's, uh, the spring training is only a couple weeks away. And now look at the Blues. I mean, they've won five games in a row. We thought they were dead. Now they won five games in a row. Are they going to make a push? And then, and then of course, you got the Lions losing and, and then the Ravens losing. And is there a God? And will we all die? <laughs> and, and, uh, and he goes, Tim, come on. You're two, and I was only in my 20s, and he goes, you know better than to make fun of, like, Applebee's, and and I go, I'm just making fun of the commercials. He goes, you know what you're doing, and I go, and I, and in, in this case, he was wrong, and I'm like, I don't, you know, Applebee, whatever the places of that ilk, Chili's. Sure. And I go, I, I, I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm saying sincerely, lie detector, and he goes, you're making fun of poor people. And I go, it didn't cross my mind at all. I was making fun of like that at the baby back ribs commercial and oh, yeah. it just drove me up the wall. Yeah. Great you know? parody on the office that they did with, <laughs> yes. with the great Tim Meadows. <laughs> and I <laughs> that's correct. And uh and I you know, so sometimes I'd be because of the other personality traits that were real, yeah. then I would be accused of being you know, and I'm like, oh I, I wasn't and I didn't even know. And I still don't know that that's necessary. those places looked at, at places like for Lower income people to eat? Mm-hmm. Are they really? Yeah. Well, like Olive Garden is like the like it's like Italians will like really hammer you or like people who have eaten decent Italian food and people like go to Olive Garden and they'll get shit for it or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's huh. that. And I think Applebee's now has just turned into a place for like you and your young friends to get hammered drunk because they'll give you a dollar beer <laughs> is that what it or is? a dollar drink that has more sugar in it than like a <laughs> Jolly Rancher. Oh, That's what we used to do in college. That was a great. Those are great nights. I will. Uh, I will. I want your emails of a position I had, whether it be recently or long ago, that I have changed on, and then I will try to figure out why I changed on it. And I, I want that. I, I. This is a great topic. I mean, I guess it's a little different than what this guy's saying. He's saying he, he thought, you know, that boys getting to have sex with teachers was great and then a guy presented hey this really is gonna mm-hmm. fuck them up and yeah, it's a good example yeah and it is so it's good uh let's see uh how about the emotional toll a favorite team's loss takes on you it's different now in my mid-30s and i'm sure each decade it will change but it's for sure a different type of sadness uh i would agree with that but then at the same time i remember when missouri lost to lsu just like four months ago how i i didn't like you know, wasn't like on the verge of tears and said to my wife, I'm going to go upstairs. Part of it was uh, the kids were running around, but I was really, I mean, when I say upset, I was just irritated by it. I wasn't like, God, how are we going to get through the day? You know, it wasn't that. But yes, without question, that observation is accurate. It's just, but at the same time, if like, the, if what happened to the Detroit Lions yesterday happened to Missouri in a college football playoff game, oh. A win away from playing for the national championship. Oh, I hear about it. See, that's the thing. And I think if the Cardinals hadn't won a World Series in my lifetime or hadn't won since 82, which was the way I lived all the way till 2006, uh, or the Blues hadn't won the, won the Cup and they would have lost like an overtime in Game 7 in Boston as opposed to what wound up happening, and then the Blues had something like what happened to Detroit Lions fans yesterday or Missouri or the Cardinals, any of these teams that hadn't won, but Missouri actually hasn't won, I think it's different. I think once you've won and you're like old enough to appreciate it, because I, when I, the Cardinals won and I just turned six in '82, I didn't, you know, that's a totally different thing than when they won in 2006. Uh, yes, it's just, it's, but that's also, you know, like Doug, Doug made the observation on Doug Vaughn Nirvana and not getting worried about teams winning or losing. He goes, yeah, have a near death experience and, you know, you just, you'll realize you really don't care once that happens. And other people will point out having children. I think a big factor is once you've seen your team win. Yeah. I really do think that does it now. To be clear, I still was irritated by plenty of losses and emotionally elated by plenty of losses after 2011 in particular. Because 2011 is like we snorted the purest form of cocaine. Right. More so than 2006. And by the way, 2006 had that game seven against the Mets, which is up there as one of, one of the greats. But 2011 was... The team's regular season comeback, the series with the Phillies, the Game 5 with Halliday and Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the Brewers series wasn't a great series, the Brewers were so irritating. Yes. 
and then the comeback in Game 6 and winning the World Series in Game 7 in St. Louis. Holy shit. I mean, that's yeah. just... Not, nothing better. Yeah, it's tough. But then then I was saying that at the start of the season in 2012, and then sure enough, you get Game 5 of the NLDS against the Nationals, which Pete I'm Cosmo. sure plenty of people have forgotten about because you always think of freeze. But 2012 was sick. But then that team wound up blowing a three-games-to-one lead against the Giants, and so that kind of colors it. Same thing with 2005 with, with Pools and Lidge. So... Um, yeah, it still can get, but my, yeah, I mean, but even I was in my 40s when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and I had a child when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and I recall doing the podcast with Gangster Pete that morning. It'd be really interesting for me, not necessarily for the audience, to go back and listen to whatever date that was in June of 2019. And I was just like, okay. I mean, it's like, it was like, we're going into battle tonight, even though I'm just going to be sitting on my couch. It's yeah. like... This is, it's either going to be the greatest or it's going to be the worst, and there is no in between. Yeah. And, and you can spin it, and that's why I appreciate what Dan Campbell said. Like, we might not, we not, we might not be back, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, you know, John Harbaugh, I get what you got to say publicly. He goes, you know, this is a great team, and I'm proud of these guys. Like, internally, you guys played like shit, and you might not be back. I mean, you've got plenty of teams in the AFC that you can go, holy shit. Chiefs being one of the obvious ones, much less take your pick of, Burrow being healthy and whoever else is going to start mounting a Sunday charge, if the Bills get it together, whatever. Point being, uh, you don't know if you're going to be back. And so that whole thing, so Dan Campbell saying, yeah, we might not ever get there again. That's what I was thinking for Blues fans, myself, but then older fans included. I'm going, holy shit. Lose tonight, and you know how much it took just to get to this point. And now you got to go through a whole regular season, get into the playoffs, get through the first round, the second round, the Western Conference Finals, and then get to a point where you've won three games again just to get to this point. Remember we had you know we had Edmonds on on Balloon Party on Friday. And uh, and I remember asking him how how you handled this was his first playoff loss with the Cardinals it was 2000 they lost to the Mets it was Ankeel losing his control. And I go you know I'm still upset about it and it's fucking spring training but that's where I was <laughs> in 2000 and he goes I remember sitting there just thinking god how much work it took just to get to New York. Yeah much less, you know, how much it hurt in the moment because the series was never really close, that that's what I was thinking. Because those guys know it's spring training. Well, it's off-season workouts and spring training, the regular season. It's winning your division. It's getting through the first round. And then just to get to the NLCS, again, just to have that shot, to their credit, they did it. So as a Missouri fan, if they somehow this year got to the college football playoff, won a couple games, part of the Final Four, had a 24 to 7 lead. Oh, God. And then had that stuff happen. Oh, I'd throw up. Oh. Yeah. So that's the thing. So I'm not I'm not I'm not emotionally matured because I'm I'm thinking about it right now and I feel like I'm starting to tremble. Yeah, so I think that on that topic specifically and it's something I've alluded to before is like there's a if it happens naturally like as Doug spoke about near death experience kids if that naturally changes your perspective on sporting events and your emotional investment into it totally get that that's just how life works but if you're kind of hedging or not being truthful about your emotional investment because you're concerned about how others perceive you whether that's based on age or your maturity level i think that's just denying yourself some of the sweetest parts of life both from a bad feeling about when your team loses and the pure euphoria when they win and so i think and that kind of gets back to what i was talking about like with harry styles like once you stop worrying about other people's perceptions of your emotions or how you express yourself whether that be your sports team or the way you dress it really opens up your eyes to like life and being like it's 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 very liberating and it's hard to do i mean we so much of our life is based upon or based around building up this persona and worrying about how other people perceive you and that's totally natural to be concerned about that but once you kind of lessen that concern or completely diminish it I mean, that's just as liberating as liberating can get. Yeah, I agree with that, Jackson. Astute, wise, 25 years old. We'll be 26 here in uh, March. A lot of buzz about March 13th and what's going to happen. There is so much buzz. I don't even know what day of the week it's on. Probably a Tuesday? Oh, no, it's a leap year. It might be a Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, all right, I got to go. Jackson, hard out. Yep. So I saved the, the email that I thought was a really good question. That's good. Tip of the cap uh, to the audience in the YouTube chat for uh, yeah, for for having that conversation. I'm looking forward to the emails I get from people saying, you used to say this, but now you say that. Yeah, this has opened up a nice little... I know, uh, I can't wait, arena. but yeah, I have a feeling. I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I know you're saying that, I'm saying, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see... Yeah. I've been... Uh, 
I, that's that's so strange to me. It can't be true though, because I really feel like I was a, an asshole and not a great guy in the aughts, but yet a lot of my principles are still the same. Mm. Yeah, there, I think there's a difference between like your opinions and your conduct. Right. Like that 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 can differ. I don't like you. Can, I guess you can have an opinion on your conduct, but that's much yeah, more of a so and it's like, a bad opinion. <laughs> but that's like more of like a like a change in the way you do things as opposed to the way you think about things. But maybe it's that's well, well that that is my case. But again, I'm hoping that people can, you know, point to us. I feel case. so good, which is bad because I know my opinion right now. But I feel so good about my opinions on public figures, in particular in government, like. Like in the bl- in the sense of blink, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Like insta reads, knee jerk reactions. Uh, knee jerk reactions has a negative connotation, even though I know you're not attempting to have a negative connotation. But like reads on people and the way they will conduct themselves. Yeah. And this isn't just you know runs for president. This is this this goes to local. Sure. Um, I'm really proud of. I, I don't know. I'm, I would say proud of it, but I didn't like work on it. It's just. It's just human behavior tells. It's like uh, Jeremy Rutherford came in and he said he enjoys when I pick up vocal changes in your answers and then how it's. But then it's like God. I sat at the poker table way too much to get there because I didn't have that in the, in the early part of the 2000s. And I started playing poker, and then you kind of know yeah. what things mean unless somebody's on the the fourth or fifth level of thought and going, okay, I know he's going to read this octave as being a lie, and therefore I'm going to talk in this octave to make him think I'm lying when I'm telling the truth. And now we go thought battles. But, um, yeah, when it comes to impressions of politicians and or policy and or what's going to happen with it, that has been really good for a while. Um, But since I'm so negative on this here, (laughs) I hate that because because I'm like, oh, fuck. I think... It's like, remember 2020, if you're listening to the show, I think it's going to be worse. Let's have at it, you know? Right. Uh, so, anyway, do with that. Do with that, with the, the uplifting thought I leave you with. I see they're arguing about best burgers. Oh, um, man, I had a great one yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, my and now God. We're gonna be, now I'm going to be late for my meeting, but what is it? Yesterday, just uh, out of nowhere, I was really hungry. It was around 2, and I was going to catch the first quarter of the game, and I was driving home. And uh, swung by Max Local Eats. Oh, well, that's a great answer. And I would tell you it's an obvious answer. It's like, oh, tell me who's the hottest porn star. And you go, Ella Reese. And I go, well, of course. I mean, what are we doing out here? I I just hadn't been in a long time. And I certainly had. So good. And they have great fries, too. Incredible fries. Chris McKenzie's been a guest of this podcast. Really? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a that place is rock solid. And I had the burger there and it was delectable. It was just really. It's so good. It was outstanding. I, sat I at asked the bar him and th- for self-interest reasons. I said, "Hey, well, how come you don't expand? You know, so you get closer to me." Basically, <laughs> I'm so excited. There's a Shake Shack that's somewhat close to me now. Yeah. Somewhat, uh, but then it's kind of like then it's not as special. It's there weird how that works, right? Like if Pizza Gogo opened up next door to you, right. you wouldn't have that same. Feel yeah, you like go I got to drive to the south side and yeah. pay in cash, but uh, yeah, the, it's so good. But he's like. Eh, it'd be a whole headache, and I'm just kind of happy with what I have. And I'm going, oh, how do you how do you get that way? Yeah. How do you how do you, how do you have a great product, make a nice living, not ridiculous, and then just be go, I'm good, and yeah. I I know it'd be more of a pain in the ass, even though I know I probably could make a bunch more money, I'd have a whole lot more headaches. Like, oh God, that's what do you t- how do you read the, how do I read to yeah. get that to get there? Well, those restaurant headaches, I assume, are as oh, bad as I can't I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah, like, can't even begin to imagine. Whatever we deal with and our little industry like i imagine the restaurant shit can just get from, can't even imagine like whether because you're dealing with so many people and who, anybody who walks in the door can become the enemy and then now with social media and reviews yelp, and yeah. it just get taken and then you got other people who are in the industry leaving the reviews just to fuck your business up oh god all right i gotta go i gotta go jackson stop doing this okay. but you're right about max oh the titties it's the titties so uh, all right, uh, email in uh, tmckernan at insidestl.com. I really, this time, I'm, I can't wait to open up the inbox and be told how wrong I am. So this is, this is going to be good. Uh, for Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show podcast from the Longo Big Studios.